You're listening to NBS Cast with your host, Rachel Edwards. Welcome back to NBS Cast. I'm your host, Rachel. And I'm your co host, Tommy. And today we get to continue our Associate Hobbies and Interests series with a very interesting topic that I don't know a lot about. So I'm so excited to learn more. But we have Russ Manser with us today. Hi, Russ. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> We're doing good. We're doing good. Um, but before we get into your hobby, we want to learn a little bit more about you. So if you could, again, just kind of say your name, how long you've been with NBS and tell us a little bit about your current role or position, that would be great. Sure. My name is Russ Manzer. Uh, I just had my 20th anniversary last month. Um, although I came to uh, Nelnet through acquisition. So I've only been part of Nelnet for about three years. Um, I'm a software QA specialist too, which means that I ensure the quality of the uh, systems developed by the extraction team. Congrats on your 20 years too. That's amazing. So let's jump right in. I want to talk about this hobby because I want to learn more, but what hobby are you here to talk to us about today? I am here to talk about LARPing which stands for live action role-playing. And what it is, uh, is a, a type of game where people play their characters or portray a character through their own actions. I think a lot of people have heard about tabletop role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons. That's the most famous one where you describe what your character does and you roll dice to see if you succeed. In a live action role-playing game, you do what, what you want your character to do. And there's, there's no dice. If we're fighting, I either hit you or I don't. You either hit me or you <laughs> don't. Um, so the, the, there's, there's no dice rolling involved. So Russ, what's the difference between LARPing and cosplay? Well, I think that cosplaying is part of LARPing. Um, cosplaying, as I understand it, is really just making and wearing costumes. Um, and it's really become a huge thing. It's, it's awesome to see at conventions and things you see at Comic-Con and things like that. People have these elaborate costumes that they've made, but they're not playing characters. I don't think while they're doing it, they're just wearing the costumes for the sake of the costumes. There's no game. There's no storyline that they're trying to act out. And with LARPing, there is a storyline that you're that you're acting out. Um, it, I guess I ha kind of have to describe how it all works. Uh, so there are several different types of LARPs. I really only have experience with one that I'll call the American style. And the way it works is um, there's a group of people called the plot committee, and they decide what they want to be happening in the world that the game takes place in. And they'll write long-term storylines and they'll write storylines for a specific event. They have a bunch of people working with them called NPCs or non-player characters who play everybody who's not playing their own character. So that didn't make much sense. So I'm there playing my character. I have a warrior. I've got my pole arm. That's who I'm being for the weekend. But we need the farmer whose farm is being overrun with the giant spiders. We need the giant spiders. We need the visiting Duke. The non-player characters are playing all of those roles. So that's the big difference is I will be wearing a costume. Um, I will have my props that, you know, would be similar to cosplay, but then I'm portraying my character and living in a fantasy world 
Okay, so I have a couple of follow-up questions to ask just based on what you've described here. So for one, it sounds like you need a pretty decent-sized group of people to engage in a LARPing activity. How many people are you engaging with when you're doing this? Really depends on the game. Uh, the game that I'm playing right now is pretty small. We usually have probably about 40 people at an event of which maybe 25 are playing their characters and, and 15 are the NPCs and the plot committee. Um, but I have played at events that have had four to 500 people at them. And I'll tell you, when you're out on the field in a campground and you start seeing beings come out of the woods and they just keep coming and coming, and then you realize that there's a, a mob of 150 zombies, literally 150 zombies, it's pretty frightening. Uh, yeah, no kidding. It sounds like a Walking Dead kind of scenario there. So the other question I have is you mentioned uh, playing character for the weekend. Is this something that normally takes up an entire weekend for you? All the games that I've played, the events have been weekend long, which generally means um, you get to the campground Friday evening. Um, some people take off work on Fridays and uh, get there early to get set up. Um, and then the game will start probably around 10 or 11 o'clock at night and go as late as it goes. And then all day Saturday and the game that I play ends about midnight Saturday night. Um, and other games that I've played have gone till noon on Sunday. So after the game itself is over, is it party time? Y'all get together, maybe have a few beverages, some food together, chat with each other, or is it just like, okay, time to pack up and go home? Again, depends on the game. Uh, the, the one that we have now, we need to be off the camp by about 11 a.m. I think it is on Sunday. So people pretty much just pack up and go. Um, a few of us might meet up at a, you know, an IHOP or something and, and have some breakfast afterwards. Um, but in the past, I played in a game where they owned the campground and uh, people would generally hang around and, and enjoy each other's company. Generally, uh, beverages of a certain nature are forbidden at games. So people don't. <laughs> Fair. People don't bring them along because you know you don't want you don't want people having a few beers and then taking their their pole arm and going out and fighting other people. Um, yeah, that could be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> so as a result, people won't have them after the event either. They just wait till they get home. That makes sense. Um, so final question I have. Sorry, <laughs> one more. Um, when it comes to LARPing, you you also mentioned the current game that you're in right now. So about how many weekends does a game normally last? And are there winners of this game? Or is it just everybody is collaborative, whoever's alive at the end wins? What does that look like? So this group that I'm in, um, they have about four to five games a year. Uh, it's a smaller game. When I, I first started back in 1992, which was just a few years after LARP really began in the US, um, there were some people that were doing some things in, in a cave system in England, which sounds awesome. Some people heard about that and kind of built uh, an organization in Massachusetts where I lived at the time. And um, that game got to be big enough, had enough players in the New England area that were coming to it that they were literally having events every month, sometimes more than once a month, um, but with different campaigns, different game worlds. Um, so people would play different characters in the different game worlds. 
Um, this game that I'm playing now, they do about four to five events a year. And the nobody really wins. You, the, the plot committee that I talked about before, they have written a storyline. So we have the, the big bad guy in this world is called the Blood Queen or something like that. And we've heard <laughs> that of this. That sounds straight out of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. So we, we've heard of this hyper-powerful being. We've never seen her. We've met some of her minions and fought with them. But they're going to slowly introduce more and more of that storyline over time. And it's really up to them how long they want that storyline to run. It may run a year. It may run two years. It may run five years. Um, and in a way, I guess we win when we defeat the Blood Queen. And uh, But there's no point system or you know there's no official score or anything um we're just in this game world living our lives now there are probably some people some players in this world whose characters are on the side of the blood queen we don't know <laughs> so in the end we may have to kill some people that we're sharing a cabin with oh my goodness russ what are like um some of the pieces of equipment you need in order to larp or in terms of like how integral the costumes get so obviously you need a costume. Now I normally play sword and sorcery fantasy style games. So the type of things you've seen on Game of Thrones and in the Lord of the Rings movies and, and things like that, um, that's sort of what people are going for for a look. You can go, you know, if you're just starting out, you can wear a pair of sweatpants tucked into your into your hiking boots um it's not hard to find a medieval shirt i mean these days i i think largely because of the popularity of cosplay you can find medieval shirts on on amazon at this point um and then you just wear your belt outside your shirt and you've got a serviceable costume and then uh it's it's not hard to find if you want to play a barbarian you can find fake fur that you can make a mantle out of and i've seen people that have made costumes that they could get married in and have gotten married in. Um, so it can get extremely uh, elaborate and, and amazing. And uh, a lot. one time we were in a hall and a demon attacked and it was a woman up on top of a pillar and they had wings on her that were literally a 20 foot wingspan. Yeah. And, and that's intimidating, <laughs> but um so, but for me, for me to play my character, I don't necessarily need a lot. Over the years, have collected a lot of things, and some things I have I got for other reasons. I went to a, a Scottish festival uh, a few years ago, and so I bought a kilt. And so sometimes I wear my kilt in, in the game. The hardest thing, always, of course, is footwear because boots are expensive. So people are generally pretty forgiving about footwear there's always going to be somebody who says well shoes aren't historically accurate and then you have to say can you remind me of the period of history where wizards threw fireballs at dragons because i'm not remembering that <laughs> so beyond that beyond the costuming if you want to fight you need a weapon um back in the old days the weapons were made out of pvc pipe with the pipe insulation on them you put a block of foam at the top and you've got a sword a serviceable sword. These days, the technology's improved. They have like fiberglass kite pole cores and uh, carved 
latex and they look pretty realistic, uh, which, which is, which is neat. Um, but you know, you, you can make a PVC one on your own for not too much money. It's not hard to find directions on how to make them, or you can spend anywhere between, I don't know, 50 and $200 on a weapon. Um, and then if you want to cast spells, the way spells generally work is you kind of make a homemade beanbag. You take a square of cloth, you put some bird seed in, wrap it up and, and tie it off with a, with a rubber band. And you say the incantation of the spell, you throw the packet. If you hit the person, they take the effect of the spell. So you'd have to make some of them. Um, but that's pretty much scrap cloth and, and rubber bands and bird seeds. So um, it can get, as a hobby, it can get extremely expensive, but it doesn't have to. I mean, I personally, over the years, have had at least three different sets of custom-made leather armor. Uh, I've had chainmail that I bought. I've had, um, now I'm learning to make chainmail, which is really neat. So I do have a, a question kind of based on something you said. You mentioned medieval a lot when you were talking about, you know, the different equipment pieces or how you get prepared. So is that the only kind of LARPing that's available is something set in maybe a medieval time frame, or are there other kinds that you could also engage with? There are lots of other kinds. Um, I mostly play sword and sorcery, um, but I know people who have played uh, vampire themed games that actually take place out in the real world uh, in nightclubs and, you know, things like that. Uh, Post-apocalyptic uh zombie games some people in maine found a campground that had a, a an old colonial fort so they made a colonial new england game um i've played in uh call of cthulhu horror genre and i know that there are uh, or have been sci-fi and uh, cyberpunk games out there as well and there's probably lots of other um genres as well but my preference has always been sword and sorcery. I, I started playing Dungeons and Dragons around sixth grade. I think I got interested in that whole thing when I read The Hobbit around fifth or sixth grade. And then I heard about Dungeons and Dragons and it's just gone from there. So I've always been mostly a, a, a fantasy guy. Um, and I've pretty much always played a fighter of some kind rather than a wizard or okay. a, a thief or anything. So I have to ask, are you a Stranger Things person on Netflix? What, what's love, your take on that if you are? <laughs> I love Stranger Things. Just love it. Okay. <laughs> Just talking about the Dungeons and Dragons yep. piece and it all feels like it fits in, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, me being the age that I am, I was playing Dungeons and Dragons at around their age and around the time that the game took place. So it's, it's really fun. That's a really fun show for me. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> so Russ, how do you, how would you tell others to get connected with other people that enjoy LARPing? The best bet, I mean, most games are local. So your best bet is to just get on Google and um, Google LARPs near me or LARPs in the name of the city. For some reason, uh, Google doesn't know where I am. It thinks I'm a couple hours from where I am. So I always have to put, you know, <laughs> breakfast restaurants in Asheville. I can't put near me because then they want me to go out to Knoxville, Tennessee or something. Um, but that's that's how you find the games. And then from there, games will have websites or at least Facebook pages, usually both. And in my experience, 
they're very welcoming. So you can just reach out once you once you find a game that looks interesting to you, you can just reach out. Uh, I've been on a number of different Facebook pages and that have had people uh, write in and say, hey, I want to start LARPing. What do I need to do? And they always get advice. They always get encouragement and they always get uh, they always get a, a good welcome. So I have a couple of other questions related to that as well. For one, is this something that you just do on your own or is your family involved in LARPing as well? And the other question I have is you mentioned your games are mostly local, but do you ever have the opportunity to travel for LARPing or are there specific events outside your area, conventions that you've gone to? What does that look like? Yeah, I actually met my wife at a LARP. Uh, and we've been married for uh, 23 years now. Um, so I, we do do it together. Um, we met each other at the game. We got married. We kept playing. Then we had a kid. And you can't bring a baby <laughs> to a LARP, uh, at least not the type <laughs> that, that we play. Um, Again, probably not safe. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we took a short hiatus of 22 years and last March we just started up again and uh, it's it's pretty exciting but um, so so we play together um, I, I wouldn't really want to go to an event if she wasn't going uh, we just we like to be together and we like to play together um, most most games have, you know, there is small local games, but there are larger organizations that have branches all around the country. Um, the one that I was playing in in Massachusetts, that was that was the first one. It's called Nero, New England Role Playing Organization. And they ended up with um, uh, with chapters everywhere. So that game I've I've played in North Carolina, Connecticut, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Massachusetts. Um, and and New Hampshire, come to think of it, um, so yeah, th there is lots of chance to travel, and uh, you know, some people don't even live near the games that they that they play. They just you know, every few months they'll go out, you know, take take a long weekend and travel several hours, eight hours to get to the game they want to play, play, and then go home. So, Russ, what is it about LARPing that you have learned or discovered about yourself? Has LARPing allowed you to discover something new about yourself? Been in a couple of plays in high school, but I never really acted. I always thought I might be kind of good at it, but I wasn't, you know, I didn't have any experience. So I didn't really know. Um, and I kind of learned through LARPing that I am pretty good at it. And an example that I have, there was this woman that I'd known for probably three years, but I'd only ever seen her at the game in costume and she, we both got to an event early one time so i was still in my street clothes from work and getting ready to log in and she turned around and she saw me and she said russ you're not that big and that's when i realized people <laughs> thought that i was much larger than i really was because my character was kind of a big character so <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> is there anything else that you've kind of self-discoveries that you've made uh, or just things that you've learned about yourself that you want to share? Yes, definitely. Um, there have been times in previous companies, in previous jobs that, you know, they just weren't that pleasant and somehow you, you got to make it through the day. And uh, my my first character, his name was Catahoula McKine. Uh, my uh, uh, 
a friend of mine and myself, we, we made up some characters. We wanted to be a combination of like old Appalachian mountain men and Scottish Highlanders. So we um, we took the last name McKine, uh, which because it spells machine, and we thought that was terrifically funny. And then we went through Charlie Daniels song lyrics to find first names. So I was Catahoula and he was Stackley. And sometimes at work, you know, everything would just be raining down and I would just kind of stop and think, okay, what would Stack and Hooli do? And and that's how I would get through my day. I would kind of, I'd be myself, but I'd kind of be role-playing my way through the day. I was the character of Russ Manzer, the, 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 the QA guy, um, and using things that I'd learned through LARPing just to, just to get through a particularly bad day. Um, and I, I, I think usually when I'm in large groups of people, even if it's people I know well, I tend to get pretty quiet, pretty introverted. Um, my characters in LARPs are always outgoing storytellers, love to get up in front of groups of people and, and perform some kind of story or other. Um, so I don't know if I've necessarily learned things about myself, but it's allowed me to explore parts of me that don't get a lot of play in real life. I feel like that's the case for a lot of people who engage in things like this, whether it's LARPing or acting or really anything that gets you up in front of people. They 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 tend to have this dichotomy where when they're in the moment or in the activity, it's up and boisterous. The energy level is huge. And then when they're out of that scenario, then it's very opposite down, not like down in a sense of depressed or anything like that, but more of just a reserved kind of personality, quiet, maybe kind of steps back a little bit. So it's an interesting dichotomy. So Russ, we have one final question for you. And you've answered this a little bit already, but I want to know if you have any additional things to look for or things that people can do. But what advice would you give to someone who's interested in LARPing, but maybe just doesn't know how to get started? I was getting ready for this question. And I thought, I'm going to go to my favorite research tool, which is YouTube. You can learn how to do anything on YouTube. Um, i everything I know how to do <laughs> practically I've learned on YouTube. <laughs> so I, I, I did a search on how to LARP and just got hundreds and hundreds of hits on how to's on everything from how to make a character to how to make weapons, to how to make chainmail or leather armor, uh, how to LARP cheaply by buying things at thrift stores, how to LARP in the summer when it's really hot, how to LARP in the winter when it's really cold. There's so many resources out there um, on, on YouTube that you can learn anything about LARPing that you need to know. And then from there, you can just reach out to local games. Um, occasionally, they won't be welcoming. But if they're a jerk to you, that's not a game you want to play anyway. Mm. So, you know, I, True. I, but, but I think if you just want to see what's it about, go to YouTube, um, search on LARP mm -hmm. and watch videos. Um, and it'll probably be fun. <laughs> we, I'm, I'm yeah, going to an event. We... Uh, sorry, I was just going to say, I've gone to an event in two weeks. And so I'm definitely going to be watching that video on how to LARP in the summer because it's been a long time. Mm -hmm. And we're in the Carolinas, so it's probably going to be hot. <laughs> 
Definitely. Well, and I guess we didn't really talk a lot about the different facets of LARPing. So there, I mean, it sounds to me just from our short conversation here, there's so many different pieces. There's character design, there's story development, there's costume creation, like so many different things. So it's, it's almost like you kind of have to learn it in stages. <laughs> so is there one that you would recommend if somebody wants to really pursue this? Is there one of those things that you think that they need to start with first? I would say how to design a character. And for me, that's important because you're going to be there for the weekend. There's not going to be action all the time. There are people that mostly play because they want to fight. And so they don't spend a lot of time with, uh, you know, a character backstory and, and what their characters are like. Uh, my, me and my friend John that I were talking about, Stack and Huli McKine, when we learned that this hobby existed at all, we just got together and we just started writing our, our whole backstory, our whole, we made up holidays. We took old folk and country songs and changed words so that they would fit into the game world. We had a whole big family tree with anecdotes about all of just anything we could think of that we might want to play with sometime during the game. You know, there's some slow time. Well, we can just sit there and shoot the breeze about, about life. And to me, that's what makes LARPing different from j just a, a combat. It's what makes it different from paintball or, uh, or or laser tag is all the stuff that isn't the action stuff. So that would be my advice. Um, another thing that I should warn people about, though, is LARPing does kind of become a lifestyle. It does sort of take over. So um, I, I've alluded to a lot of these things uh, before. I, I'm learning how to make chainmail because of LARPing. Um, I've learned I've learned lots of stories um, and old songs that I've modified into that I can use in the game to perform. Um, I've studied medieval fighting styles, fortune telling. My wife has studied anatomy because she played a healer for a long time. Uh, alchemy, different cultures, practice different accents, generally with no intend to be particularly authentic with them. Uh, you know, the, 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 there aren't Russian people in this game world, but there are people that will speak with a Russian-ish accent. Uh, so I go with that. Um, and I think we have things in our house, uh, you know, some of our artwork is more kind of fantasy themed and and it, it, it is something that, uh, really kind of becomes a lifestyle and i do often have to tell myself hey you know if my hobby was playing golf i'd be spending this money on a new putter so mm, i'm gonna go mm -hmm, ahead and get that mm -hmm. pole arm <laughs> <laughs> i love it words of wisdom and also some words of not warning but just caution <laughs> proceed with caution because it can consume you <laughs> Well, Russ, I just want to say thanks for taking the time to sit down with us today and talk about your hobby of LARPing. It sounds like you are pretty immersed in that world and you have a lot of fun doing it. So thanks for sharing. Thanks a lot. It was a lot of fun. So today we're going to continue our executive advice segment, and we're very happy to have Jody Spethman here with us today. Hi, Jody. How are you doing? Hi, Tommy. I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm glad to have you here. So we'll just get right into it. Simple question. What is your advice to grow here at MBS? 
Well, it's a great question. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I think about is, you know, my dad always told me to make sure that I could be independent and stand on my own. And so, you know, I took from that um, to being a self-starter, taking initiative, taking risk, not waiting for someone else. And I've applied that to my career. Um, and so, you know, I would say if you see an opportunity to improve something, whether it's a process or the team environment or what, or a customer experience, whatever that may be, take that initiative and share that with your manager or whomever um, is in a decision-making position uh, and share that information with them and put it out there without being asked. You know, have that attitude of wanting to leave the world in a better place. You know, you hear that, but it really starts with ourselves and, and, and what's around us. And so one of the things that, you know, I've always done periodically is to kind of re-examine things. So looking at my personal values, what I'm good at, um, really being honest about that, and then what I enjoy doing, kind of looking at those three things and, and combining them and thinking about, you know, how can I take those things together and do something for my team or do something for the company or our customer that's going to create value and give myself enjoyment and learning at the same time. Um, and so I would encourage everybody to do that. Um, I think that's how you're able to move forward is really using your skills and using the things that you care about and um, what you enjoy. And that's how you're going to bring out the best in yourself. Um, and that's what's going to help our uh, help our company um, to be great as well. And so um, those are some things that I've always taken with me, Tommy, and um, hopefully that can um, help someone else as well. Awesome. That was very well put. Thank you so much. Well, a huge thank you to Russ for coming on the show today to talk about his love of LARPing and how he got into it. I know I for sure learned a lot about that whole process and that world of LARPing. So Russ, thanks for sharing your experiences there. And also a huge thank you to Jody Spethman for sharing her piece of advice uh, for a career pathing for NBS Associates. Uh, that was such a great thing. I love when people talk about taking initiative and taking ownership of their careers because that just really resonates with me. I know that's a good piece of advice that I have received as well. And I feel like it has definitely helped me in my career journey. So Jody, thank you so much for sharing that as well. And of course, thank you to everybody who listened to the show today. We are so appreciative of you as listeners. I just want to throw in a quick plug because we got to interview Jody on her morning routine as well. So her morning routine episode will actually be coming out next week on September 2nd. So make sure to tune in for that to hear what Jody does in her mornings. Uh, she has some great advice on how to incorporate some of those things into your own morning routine and what to do if you feel like you're not a morning person. So again, thanks to Jody for hopping on the show and talking about her morning routine as well. That does it for us today. So thank you all so much for listening and we will catch you in the next episode.